This special Kendrick Lamar Damn breakdown episode of the Listening Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you and your interactions with us on Twitter. Get at us. What did you think of this album? What did you like? What did you hate? We're interested in what your thoughts were. Thanks for listening. Let's start the show. Listening podcast. We are back with another episode. We are on episode 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, new Kendrick Lamar, new Kung Fu Kenny. <laughs> Kung Fu Kenny. <laughs> yeah, we're talking new Kendrick Lamar. New album is out called Damn. God damn um, I. Kind of a swear word, so yeah, I don't I, know. That's actually, so we're going to jump right in. That's the reason I hate this album right. is that the name Two is a swear. Two out of ten at best. Yep. The name is a swear, um, and I don't care for profanity. No. Not one bit. Nope. Um, maybe you could argue, Jake, you're listening to the wrong genre if you don't care for swearing. That's right. And um, now we're on to our, our real discussion, which is about Chainsmokers' new album, Memories Do Not Open. That's right, Jake. All right. Is this the best album of the decade or best album of the century? Um, well, the century's young, so I'm going to go century. Because <laughs> I don't think last decade brought anything. Um we're actually talking Kendrick on this episode, <laughs> which I'm really excited to do. I don't know about you. We've had limited discussion about this, you and I. We have. So I, I think intentionally. We Yes. Yes. Got to keep them separated. Because I think when we were talking Father John Misty, we had a lot of talking off mic, off air about the album, about our thoughts, feelings on it. And I think that ended up putting a little bit more pressure on the podcast itself to bring those same initial takes that we had, but also add to them. So I think, yeah, we purposefully didn't really share a ton about this album with each other, which should result in some better conversation. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Why don't we jump in? Let's both give like our initial bullet point takes. Yeah, what, what was your take okay. on Damn by Kendrick Lamar? Okay, so here's a few things. One, off the top of the, uh, just from, from the top, can we get the dude who yells new shit, new Kung Fu, Kung Fu Kenny? Can, we need him to like somehow record something for the podcast. It's that new shit. We are going to get him to be overdubbed over our intro music. I don't know who he is, but he's electric. And oh, absolutely. He's an electric factory. He's he's on much of the album. Yeah. He, like, just, just screaming at me the just, whole time. Just screaming, yeah. you know what happens on Earth stays on Earth, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, number two, uh, as I was getting into this album, I had the realization that the pressure to initially like or have a take, we've talked about this. It actually makes me kind of nuts. I'm finding this with just every big album that comes out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, like, gotta have a, a take right away on this. Yeah. This reminded me in a lot of ways of Moonshade Pool last year because, mm. hey, we're back to Tuesday. Easter. That's, that's one factor. It's around Easter time. That was in May, I think, last year. May 8th it came out, yeah, something like I think that. So. Um, so spring, nice weather, um, and I felt pressured to like or dislike an album and have an immediate take. Um, and so what happened on my first listen... I was weirdly not excited. I was like, all right, here it comes. I have, there's pressure on this. I got to like it. Started off on my first listen, and for some reason, I got through DNA, got through Element, um, got through Ya. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I remember my reaction was like, uh oh, am I not liking this? I had this sort of feeling like I didn't know what to make of it, and I, I didn't know if I liked it so far. For some reason, what happened on that first listen is the stretch from like Pride to Triple X down through the end won me over. And I kind of like had a shift on that first listen. And then I went totally the other way, where all through Friday, the day it came out, my feelings on the album like quis- quickly escalated to 
full on just loving it. Like the whole day, I was all in on it. I listened to it like probably five, six times. And it was one of those listens where it doesn't happen to me a lot anymore. I got so into an album where I, I really, truly didn't want to listen to anything else. Mm. It was like constantly spinning on Friday. Part of that feeling that's annoying is you know you're going to come down from it. Mm. and you, it, It's like a, a crack high. It is. It's amazing when it's happening, yeah. but it, you know it's you're not long for this world, and you're going to need your next fix. Exactly, and, and you know that... That's even if you continue to speaking from experience, listeners. That's just kidding. That's right. And even if you know that you're going to continue to really like it, you know that that little uh, beam of objectivity that's going to shine on it is going to end up. You're going to be like, okay, there's flaws, and you got to ride that feeling, that great feeling, as long as possible. It's like this Onion article I saw the other day. It was man knows he needs to ride this wave of of wanting to clean as long as he possibly can, as long as he can possibly stay on that high. So that happened. A couple more thoughts that were initial. One, first few listens, I think it's just because it was coming off of To Pimp a Butterfly and Untitled Unmastered. I had this feeling, or I had this thought that it was really, really accessible. I was like, this is like, he's basically made a pop album. And I, he's doing some of that. But what I've realized with, with increased listens is like, not really. Because like, you got like DNA and you have songs like... Um, feel a little bit or like fear that are like just straight rap songs mm-hmm. and some of them are not like immediately hooky like right. DNA is not a pop song no at all. DNA I was taken actually because it comes in so nice yeah. after that Geraldo Rivera yeah um, and it, he comes in hard you're like hell yeah Kendrick's back yeah and then towards the second half of that song he's actually rapping so technically well and yeah. so fast and so hard it's a little alienating where you're like uh this doesn't even sound good on the first few listens. Yeah. Once you're more used to it, you're like, oh, this is actually fucking sick. He but is... the first few times, you're like, uh, what's happening on the second half of this song? Exactly. And it, I had that realization when um, I was playing it in the car with Mary-Kate, who I played Love, which is like a pop song. Yes. She's like, I like that. She's like, play some more of that album. So I was like, all right. I put it on from the top. DNA comes on. And through the back half of DNA, use a use a use a use a bitch, yeah. And like, like the beat, uh, the beat is ugly. The it, beat it is. is abrasive, and I was like, shit, she must be hating this. She didn't seem to hate it, but I was like, ner- you know, when you're showing someone a, a song or music, you're like, you kind of show them the right thing. Right. Anyways, right, right. I, she ended up liking it, but um, the other thing I wanted to say is, so what I was the point I was trying to make is that yeah, it's not as poppy as I initially thought. Um, so basically, here's my distilled overall initial thought after like a few days of listening. Um, I I want to say that in a few years, this could end up being maybe my favorite yeah, Kendrick album. Yeah, I could see that, yep. I, I, I think that even if it's not his best album, because there's a ton of competition for best, I think that it could be one that is, like, listened to more. Mm-hmm. Because even though it had, it's less perfect th- uh, in concept than To Pimp a Butterfly or Good Kid, Mad City, there seems to be less or fewer threads tying it all together, and it as a concept doesn't hang together all that well compared to those I think it's just easier to listen to and Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be big time to its credit I also think Kendrick at this point in his career has like all but perfected his craft Yeah, and I think he's like legitimately the best rapper in the world or one of the best musicians in the world creating an album where like every song does something kind of different he's doing different voices that he's had on previous albums, different sounds that he's introducing, slash ones you've heard on previous albums. It just feels like he's kind of pulling everything together into this really cool mix. So my initial take, at least at this point, on Tuesday after listening to it since Friday, is I'm actually, like, I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. We actually had a a similar 
initial take on this after listening for the first time. So I listened, and honestly, I was like, am I missing something? Because I don't like this nearly as much as the rest of the internet is telling me I should. Right. And that, that's a that's a shitty feeling to have when you listen to an album by an artist you really like, the rest of the internet is losing their shit about it. Yeah. And you're like, uh... Like, I don't think this is that great, actually. And that was my initial take yeah. when I first listened to this. And I think the reason for that, after having a few more days to listen to it and many, many more listens, is it is so technically proficient. There's so much happening here. It's a little overwhelming the first few times you hear it. Yeah. And it really, like we were just talking about with DNA, this amazing stuff that he's doing actually is clouded in technicality and and chaos the first few times that you're hearing it it makes it really hard to enjoy and because it's kendrick you've come to expect it so when you hear him go off on a tear that's absolutely amazing technically like you hear it and you're like yeah that's Ke- like kendrick can Ke- rap Ke- i get oh, it oh it's kendrick yeah exactly and then you when you really stop you're like oh shit, shit. like he and, really really and can it, do and this it took me like six listens to really appreciate that back half of dna where i was like oh my god like this is amazing like this yeah. is really really good so my first, my few listens on Friday, I was like quiet. I was just keeping my head down yep. in, in the internet trenches on Twitter when everyone's like, new Kendrick, damn. New Kung Fu Kenny. With a bunch of like like dead face emojis like, Kendrick, what'd you do to him, fam? Yeah. And like all this shit. I'm like, uh, you mean how he like put out like a middling album after like all these high expectations? And I was not going to even come close to saying any of that. I know better than to A, have such a hot take on an album, and B, to go against the tide of the internet hot take culture. And you know what? Big shout to one of our listeners, Kevin. He had one of the same initial takes, and I was right with you there, Kevin. I didn't have the balls to say it, too. He's like, am I the only one who's not loving New Kendrick? I didn't even want to at reply you on that because I was like, I'm going to get like swept up into this, and I know it's too early to even have this take. But I was right there with you, buddy. Just to comment on that... um, I kind of avoided Twitter for like three listens. Yeah, it's smart. Because I, again, I was like every initial jumping into an album with this much hype, I kind of went back and forth. I was like, this is genius. This is the best album he's ever done or anyone's ever done. And then I'd have these like halfway through the album, I'd be like, oh shit, this is like not that good. What's happening? And then you realize you're like, I just have to listen more and like calibrate my thoughts more. Yes, and the internet yeah. will make you will just drive you. It, it's to it's a pulp. really really smart to avoid that that hot take culture. And I, I noticed a weird phenomenon, especially when you're discussing an album like this or with someone like Kendrick or Drake or one of these huge names that everybody knows that has a foot in the pop music world and has a foot in the serious music world. The opinions and takes are either so far it's bad, it's trash, or they're so far it's amazing, it's the best thing ever. There's no middle ground. There's absolutely none. And I noticed this for the first time last year with Views, where people listen to like the first couple tracks, yep. and they're like, no, it's trash. And the thing is, those people are not serious music listeners. Right. They are only going to listen to the first few songs, and if they don't immediately bang, they're out on it, and they're not going to like give it the repeat listens that like, a lot of other people will do. Yeah. That's what happened last year where Views started off with kind of a weak song. Damn starts off on the opposite way where it starts off with that little intro. I was taking a walk the other day. Yeah. And then it goes into DNA, which just slams you over the head. And everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, this is amazing. Exactly. Like I had our buddy Matt text me. 
He's like, oh, dude, new, Me too. new Kendrick, awesome. And I was looking at his list in history. I was like, oh, he's only on DNA. I was like, of course he had that visceral reaction to DNA. Everybody does. So that, and I had it too. I was like, oh shit, Ken, Ken, Kung Fu Kenny's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cornrow Kenny's back. So I had that first initial reaction, but then I got into some of those other songs on the start, and I wasn't overwhelmed by songs like Yeah. I wasn't overwhelmed by like Element or Feel. And I was like, all right, well, we'll get we'll get to the Rihanna feature. That will be a nice song to really like get me going. That didn't do it for me at all. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, what's going on with this? Like, I'm not loving it. Finally, I get to the second half, starting, honestly, probably with, like, Lust. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I was like, okay, this feels like Kendrick. This feels like it's good. And from Lust on, I was like, this is really good. Honestly, it took me until Sunday, Monday, to really, really be loving that first half of the album. I'm way more in on it now, but I was a little scared at first. I was like, shit, man, I'm not I'm not really feeling this, and I'm gonna have to like defend this take of not really liking it to to everyone on on the podcast. It's funny you say that about um the, those first few songs because for some reason it was the same for me now and I, for for me rather when I first listened, and it's kind of the opposite now where I really like those songs. Mm. Like Yeah and Element. I, I think love I awesome. love Yeah. Yeah is like is yeah, really yeah. cool. Like chill, yes, totally like it has agree. this like this beat where I think it's like backwards yeah. because the bass has this weird attack to it. Has such a cool vibe. Element is really catchy. Yeah, that's a cool song. And for some reason, on my first listen, I don't know if it just wasn't what I was expecting or what, but it was the same for me where I was like, oh, I I don't know. Like, and then the thing with loyalty is like, that's on in my bottom half oh, still. So when I hit loyalty, I was like, like it's okay. Like I know it's Rihanna and people will lose their shit right. for that. But that's not what I'm here for. So it was the same for me on first listen. So I actually can relate that, to that. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. No. And here's an interesting question that I thought of. If any other rapper... any Okay, here's an interesting way to think about it. You know in baseball or in other sports how they have that advanced metric like wins over replacement or like plus minus yeah. where it's like yeah, if yeah, you yeah. took out this best player on your team and substituted them with an average player what yeah. would the difference be right i was thinking about this with kendrick so you mean like if you took just the beats and the lyrics here and put another rapper in to yes, deliver them in the same exact rapper or no no, no sorry Comp- different rapper like an average rapper same exact album same exact album the reaction to this is nowhere near as yeah. positive. Well, and, the and if th- you say it is, you're a liar. The th- it, you're you're right. And the thing is, is like, it's one of those things where you, some people just have it, and you can't, you really can't separate it because with Kendrick, something, and this is something I want to get into. For some reason, dude, he just has all the goodwill in the world. From I know everyone, everyone, and people love him. Critics, fans, hip hop community, non non hip hop fan community, everyone loves this guy because he seems likable. But he can kill like yeah. like rap like crazy, yep. and it's just this insane like insane talent. And he plays it up. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He understands the marketing behind being the quote unquote best rapper in the world, and he understands like you got to play it up and you have to back it up. And there's something about it. He just has a persona. And there's every... I really think that for our generation, he's one of those guys where, like, just something about him, there's, like, an aura or something. And people just know, like, when it's Kendrick, it, 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 it means, means something. something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. it's important. And so yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this, and the Pitchfork review came out today. Got a 9.2, Best New Music. One of the... Only the second nine we've gotten this year. Yeah. And, and w- uh, th- really quick point on that. 
two things. One, that's his worst review in the last three albums, right. which is crazy that it's a 9.2 from Pitchfork because he got a 9.5 for Good Kid, 9.3 from Butterfly. What do you think we would have had to set the over-under on for a Kendrick album? About that. About 9.2. Like 9.2? 9.2. Yeah, I think that... And I would have probably felt comfortable taking the over. We didn't know this album was right. coming out. Right, right. So we didn't do it. But right. I was thinking about that earlier. It's like, with Kendrick, you got to inflate the numbers. You absolutely do. And here's the thing. I think he gets a Kendrick Lamar bump. Yeah, he probably does. Again, I go back to this wins above replacement thing. Insert any other average rapper, and if they have the same exact album... They're maybe not even getting a best new music from Pitchfork. They probably get a best new music, but it's probably like an 8.3. Right, yeah. Maybe he's not. getting a full like point bump just because he's Kendrick Lamar and he has that goodwill associated with it. So when you bring up the fact that this maybe isn't his best album, but it'll be the one that you might listen to more, I, I agree with that actually. I don't think this is as good as Good Kid, and I don't think it's as good as To Pimp a Butterfly. That doesn't mean that it won't become my favorite or yep. most listened to. Because those are two very different things like we talked about last week. And I, I could totally see this being one. Because this feels like a low-pressure, low-stakes listen. Where with To Pimp a Butterfly, we've mentioned this in the past, you almost have to set aside time and attention yep. to give it what it deserves because it's so important, because it's so weighty. With Damn, it feels like I can just throw this on at a party when I'm hanging yes. out with people, and you can enjoy that. And that... Good Kid has that same vibe to it, too, but Damn doesn't have the pressure of being, of having kind of that narrative thread throughout, where yeah. it can kind of just be like, I'm going to put on a few songs here and there. I'm going to put on, you know, Humble if I'm at a party and I want to, like, jam out to this song. I can put on Fear if I'm looking for that more artsy Kendrick. It, you're getting all of the different elements of Kendrick Lamar on this album, and I agree with you when you say... He's mastered his craft, and he's mastered all of the best parts of Kendrick. You have storyteller Kendrick. You have artsy Kendrick. You have pop music banger Kendrick. You have all of these different types of Kendrick on here. Yeah. You have different voices, different cadence, different flow. All of that stuff is present here, which is amazing. Um, it's just lacking a little bit of that gravitas that I think some of those other albums have, which is, I think, one of the reasons why... I haven't necessarily been maybe one of the reasons why we haven't talked about it as much or I just didn't seem like excited for it on Friday when it came out. Yeah. I was like this just doesn't feel as important as Butterfly or Good Kid did. Maybe that's something that ends up happening as artists mature and just come out with more albums. Each one feels less important because there's so many other ones. Do you know what I mean, though, where it yeah, felt well, less weighty? Oh, well, with, without a doubt. And what quickly happened to me, though, and my current stance still is, I actually love it for that. Mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. awesome because the thing is, is like Kendrick, a little less weighty, is still really interesting music. Like his lyrics, what he's doing with in terms of like what, how he chooses production and people he works with and the choices he makes are still incredibly interesting on an oh, artistic yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. And his yeah, lyrics, yeah. right, and his lyrics are still insanely compelling to listen to and i think you kind of hit on it there's a subtle genius with releasing an album like this because you can take it in all kinds of different ways you couldn't do that with butterfly no butterfly there was like how many songs could you even play it apart you maybe kunta, kunta maybe even but even all right maybe even kunta with the right crowd even kunta is not that accessible right it's catchy right, right. but it's weird there are songs on here like you can throw love on a playlist you could throw humble on a playlist right. 
But I also think you can listen to this album all the way through and have a really fulfilling, fulfilling listen. Absolutely. And I think Kendrick is at this point in his career where he's like, I can kind of do it all. He's like, I can pull off this album that has maybe a wh- just a whiff of a narrative thread. Mm-hmm. Like, there's elements, there are themes like his cousin Carl shows up throughout. There's the guy yelling throughout. There's the story about the woman. And there's like there's still those narrative like phone calls. The narrative threads. Kendrick gets more phone calls yeah. and weird messages him and than Frank. anyone him and Frank than anyone I've ever known in my entire life. He's getting people just apostatizing on the phone with him and being like and the Lord says and yep. like and going off on this tangent. And I think that this is an album that really could be like his best selling ever, mm, or because mm-hmm. he, like, you got to think, "Humble" was already the highest charting song he's ever had, right? And he is at a point in his career where he's more famous than he's ever been, and he's releasing this album that's fulfilling in all these different ways. And I think it's going to end up as great as "Good Kid" and as great as "To Pimp a Butterfly" are. I really think this might be the album he's most remembered for in a weird I, way. I could totally see it, and I think because he really delivers on the songs, absolutely. And I think it's one of the smartest things he could have done after "Butterfly," where it's. You know, he dials down the scope a little bit. He yeah. dials down that narrative thread because I think there, he run he would have run the risk of burning people out or exhausting people if he had the same scope that yeah. Butterfly did. It's like, all right, well, well, let's crack our knuckles and get down to business you with don't... another Kendrick listen because as much as I love Butterfly and as great it is as, as it is, it's an exhausting listen. It's exhausting. It's taxing. It's like it's kind of like how. You know, you're not gonna go watch like The Master, that movie again. Right. You watch it once, and you're like, okay, that I enjoyed that. Right. But I can't watch that all the I, time. I attribute it to like The Godfather almost. Right. Where it's like yeah. it's long, it's weighty, but you know, if I really want to watch a gangster movie over and over again, I'm gonna watch Goodfellas. This could be his Goodfellas. That's kind of what I've been thinking along those lines this whole time yeah. is I've been trying to think of an artist where there's another thing like that. The Beatles might be a comparison where like length isn't an issue but like Sgt. Pepper is this album that's heralded. It has all these expectations. And that's the same thing that's inherent with Butterfly is what's going to end up happening is I really think that on lists of best rap albums or just best albums of this generation years from now Butterfly is going to be the, his top rated album I think or Good Kid but I really think it's going to end up being Butterfly just because it, what it represented politically mm-hmm. and what it meant to people at the time and the way it exploded culturally I really think Damn is the album that's going to come in a little lower on lists I think people who get into Kendrick are going to end up liking Damn more yeah I could totally see that and I think the place to start with him would either be Damn or Good Kid Yeah. so yeah I want to get your thoughts on the two big features here yeah because when the track list got announced, everyone saw a Rihanna feature and everyone saw a U2 feature, which yeah. is really just Bono. Well, I think it's uh, there was a really funny tweet about this. Stephen Hyden tweeted, um, I think The Edge was on blunt rolling duty during this song. <laughs> because I think what it is is it's Bono, the bass player, and the drummer. And yeah, it's true, there's no guitar. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just Edge was out getting another stupid fucking beanie. Tour. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but Kendrick was like, "Yo, just go, <laughs> go buy yourself another hat." He's like, "All right, guys, we gotta lay this down while he's gone." So when you're talking about features, I don't think you can get much bigger than Rihanna and U2 unless yep. you somehow got Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen. But right, so and Kendrick would be capable of getting he could, probably oh, both. Absolutely, he could. So when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, Kendrick is going with this more pop sensibility." He's bringing these two huge pop stars on. I was like, these are going to be massive songs. Yeah. I listened through the first time, and like I said, the Rihanna one, I was very underwhelmed by. 
He barely uses Bono. Yeah. All-time power move. Bono doesn't show up until there's like a buck 45 less left in that song. Bono's there just to serve the song, which I honestly think with a feature that big, you, you've got to do. Yeah. And I, I think XXX is it's like a song I like a lot. Loyalty is one of my least favorites on the album. I, I, I've, I've come around on it. I like it. Lo- the, the Rihanna feature, Loyalty, is my least favorite song. Yeah. It, it, it's the, one of the weakest. I totally agree. It's down there. I'm at a point now where I, I do enjoy it, and I actually have... The thing about Kendrick that I, I find myself doing is, like, I'm so used to listening to rock albums. I listen the wrong way, kind of, to rap. And this is what I mean, where, like, I'll kind of... As I'm preparing for this podcast, and I'm really trying to think about the tracks and what I want to say about each. I'll have these freak out moments where I'm like, "What do I want to say about feel? What do I think of that song?" And so I like I'll play it, and I'm and I'm like, "I, I thought I didn't like this, but I'm realizing now that this song is really just about his flow. Mm. This song is, and what I've realized on loyalty is like my favorite part of that is him rapping. The the chorus part, the loyalty, loyalty, loyalty part, it's okay." I think it's going to be played a lot. It's but it's just not. Do you I'm... though? So here's the thing. I, I was I was talking about this with uh, with Ian, uh, my buddy at work, and I was like, we were talking about that song. How we both were like, that is not a great song. Right. And we were reading a pitch the Pitchfork review, and we were both commenting on how they said this song is going to get a ton of plays on radios this summer. We were like, is it though? Because this is at most like. An album track, not like a big single or whatever. I think I think that what that argument underestimates is just how popular Kendrick Lamar and Rihanna are. And that's the thing. I was, and I was talking to him. I was like, you know what? What the fuck do I know? Because I said that last Rihanna album, Anti, was trash, and it ended up getting a ton of love, yep. ton of good critical reviews, and was a big seller and got a ton of plays. So yep. I don't think I have a good gauge of Rihanna. This song, for all I know, will be the most popular one on this album, even though I think it's probably the weakest. Even as one of my least favorites on the album, or my least favorite, I still really like moments on this song. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Again, like I think Kendrick's verses are cool, but that's the thing is like that—that's just what you get at the door. Right. That's just your door prize. Is like on exactly. a Kendrick song, it's like, oh, guess what? He's gonna just spit fire this whole <laughs> right, track, right. no matter what. I think there are catchy parts in there. I just don't think they really brought it on the chorus. No, the loyalty, loyalty, loyalty chorus I is, I think, one of just like the least inspired things on the album. Yeah. Um, and I always feel I get kind of bummed by that because I'm like, this could have been uh, potentially uh, the best massive, moment on the album, and it's hit. just not. Yeah, exactly. For exactly. me. Exactly. Um, the Bono one though is I love that song. I think that's a really, really good song. I do too. And I like the way you use Bono on there. Yeah. It's like he, you know, he's just there. He's singing this thing. Actually, to be honest with you. The first time through, I somehow forgot you two was on it, and it didn't right. even register. Right, you know, and I think that's the mark of a good feature where yep. they don't necessarily dominate or or take all of the attention away and make it their own song. Yeah, it, what it, that's exactly it. Because what it feels like with Rihanna, every time I get to loyalty in the track list, I'm like, all right, I I can get down with this, but it kind of feels like we're stopping the train to yeah. do the Rihanna song yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, getting yeah. back on the train. And, and I, you know what I compare that to is on Graduation by Kanye West, that Chris Martin song, Homecoming, where it's right. like, oh, this is basically you're shoehorning in a Coldplay hook here, right. and it just feels like a Coldplay song. Where Bono compliments what's happening on XXX, Graduation, Homecoming, that Rihanna song, it's like, oh, okay, here's this like pop star exactly. who's doing a hook. I Okay, I get it. That's the best way to feature someone, I think, is really make sure that they're not distracting from the album. You, like like you, what Bono Here's did. the thing, though. 
and I don't know if this is this is rap or, or I don't listen to it the right way or, or what it is. I, and I will be the first to admit that I, I don't think I'm good at listening to rap, actually. Really? I, I really don't think I'm a good hip-hop or rap listener. I probably am not either. Um, because I think you're right. We listen in the same way that we listen to rock albums. Our ears are tuned a different way. E- exactly. Um, but you have someone like Nicki Minaj on Monster who just takes over that song. You have someone like Pusha T on Runaway who takes over that song. Those features are awesome, though. Yeah. And I don't know if it's different where, you know, if it's a verse that someone's featured on, it's different than a hook. I, I, I don't know. And I don't, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I'm good enough at listening to this genre to really pick out why that might be where I prefer someone with a verse taking it over rather than the person singing the hook taking it over. The interesting thing about Kendrick is... He's not really a dude who has many features. No, he's not. He no. and that I think is to his credit because he kind of carries albums, and that's I think part of the reason why people are like he's the best, right? Because he just carries these albums right. because like, pretty like, much without help. Who's who's gonna be better on a song than right. Kendrick? No one. <laughs> and that's why, honestly, when I saw this track list, I was like, I'm not looking forward to the features. Yeah, I was like, that's the part I'm least lo- right. excited about. What was interesting about Butterfly is that, with the exception of Snoop Dogg. There weren't any like truly A list, right? Top of the top, like most famous musician in the world features. Like Rihanna and, and Bono, that is that's those are pretty big gets. Not that it's hard for Kendrick to get people like right. that, but on like wh- who did he have on, on Butterfly? Bilal and Anna Wise. George Clinton. Thundercat. Like George Clinton's famous. Right. And like again, Snoop Dogg. But again, those all just complemented what was happening on that album rather than being the vocal point of it, yeah. which I think is really important. But what this has reaffirmed for me is that if we're talking about pound for pound best rappers, most talented rappers, it's Kendrick by a mile right now. Yeah. Like Drake just came out with more life. Drake seems to care less about yeah. rapping and more about just curating awesome pop songs to listen to while you're like partying and stuff, which is I think that's great that they are both in their lane with that. There there is something about Kendrick though where he is so technically proficient. It can sometimes almost feel like it's at the expense of the songs at times. Where it's like, and like we mentioned with DNA, we're at the second half of DNA. He's going so hard on that, it feels overwhelming and alienating. Where someone like Drake has this great pop sensibility. And I'm not saying that one's right or wrong. Yeah. It's just something I'm noting about Kendrick where he's so good at rapping the technical proficiency can almost be at the expense of the song craft at times. And what I compare it to is like really, really technical guitar players where mm-hmm. like you'll have certain people where they'll be like, they fucking shred, bro. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not my favorite thing to listen to all the time. I think in, a, in, in its own way, I can sometimes feel that way about Kendrick where I'm like, there's pressure to admire how good he is rapping all the time. Yeah, right, right. I almost can't just enjoy the song for what it is without paying super close attention to it. Three points on that. One, I think that the comparison to the really technical guitarist, I think it makes sense, but I think I would never levy the criticism on Kendrick that he shortchanges on soul at all. And that's right. a lot of times sure, with yeah. like these shredders, that's the thing is like they're like, yeah, they're fast, but there's it's no a great substance. Point. It's a great Kendrick, point. it's all substance pretty great much. Yeah. I think the problem with Kendrick is, again, it has something to do with the way we're attuned to listening to music where 
his best verses, like he's kind of wasting them on us. Yeah. Like we're our ears, yeah. like I they kind of whiz by me, and yep. like sometimes like ten listens in, I'm like, oh, oh shit, like yeah. shit, he's doing crazy yeah. stuff there. Yep. Another thing is the part of the reason why I like this album so much is he does flex some of those other muscles and find some space in like in other ways. Like I think Yah is a really catchy song. I think Element has it like the they're not getting me on my element mm-hmm. nah they're, like I think that's like kind of a catchy hook mm-hmm. love is a catchy song um, but yeah when it compared to Drake like Drake definitely has the pop thing locked mm-hmm. down but I think Kendrick is showing on this album like he's like hey dude like I can I can do some of that too and then I can sure. do this other stuff yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's some just something I noticed with Kendrick and the feeling I get with it where it's yeah. like no it makes sense it's so good. I almost it's like pressure on yeah. listening to it. It's so good. When you just come to expect it and like when we've listened to enough Kendrick at this point where I can almost t- like when he really goes on one of those tears, I can almost tune it out. Yeah. Because oh, I'm yeah. like I'm just used to it and it almost sounds like it's just what you're used to. For example, doing. the first four times I listened to Duckworth, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck he was even saying. It's a good story. And then isn't I it? oh my god, the fifth time I listened, I was like Holy shit, this yeah. story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I had no idea he was even talking about this. All I heard was like fast, aggressive rap. I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Yeah. And then I finally heard the lyrics. I was like, oh my God, this is actually an amazing story. And I love this storyteller, Kendrick. But again, it was so fast. It was so technically proficient. I couldn't even pick up on it the first four times. Yeah, I know. And like, what happened with me was I picked up on bits more and more as I listened. Like the first listen, I was like, "There's a story there." Right. And I don't know what it is. Second listen, I got some details. I was like, "All right, that's kind of about his dad and some guy." And then I like with each listen, I've kind of picked up on what the story yeah. is more specifically. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the cultural impact of the album, um, the reviews. Which I, I don't think we shouldn't have expected have been right. insanely yeah, positive. When I looked, it had a 98 on Metacritic. It's like a 97 something. now or yeah. something. I actually saw the first yellow review on Metacritic. Really? Today. It was a 60 from Exclaim. Wow. So, wow. Um, and Anthony Fantano, Needle Drop, who is like the biggest Kendrick lover I know, gave, gave but- Butterfly a, a, a 10. 10, yeah. Gave Dan a 7. A seven, which I—I'll I'll be honest, like I heartily wow. disagree with that. I think it's better than a seven. Oh, I, I do too. Okay, so where, where I've fallen on this is I'm like I don't. Again, I think it's getting about a point Kendrick bump. Yeah, it's to be honest with you, this feels like an eight out of ten album to me. That—that's where I peg it, uh, which I think is fair. Right. Um, the nines and tens it's getting. Again, I think it's getting a Kendrick bump. I, I, I got to be honest, I'm actually more at a 9 for it. Okay. I really am. And, okay. like, there are lulls, and I think the Pitchfork Review did a good job of calling it I'm at, like, an 8-5. But, like, if right. we're only going on no, that's solid fair. numbers, I'm, I'm, like, an 8. We don't but. have to be at the same score. Like, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I really think that I'm more in the 9s, and I'm, like, really, really enjoying this with every listen. I think what has been exposed more for me is there are some weird track listing things and lulls that kind of, like, loyalty is kind of a low point for me. And then I think, like, I don't totally love all of Lust. Like, there's that whole intro part about, let me put the head. Yeah, right. Like, I right. like that part, but I'm like, all right, the the second part of this song when he's like, do up your weave. Do, like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, It's yeah, great. Yeah. But, yeah. like, the first part of that song, it's a little long. Yeah. So there are moments on there where, if I'm being honest, and there Pitch, are lulls. Pitchfork said the same thing, that, like, it drags in the yes. middle. It's like, it drags in the middle, and you're giving it a 9.2? Like, well, that's a Kendrick bump. Well, fair. I But I'd give it, I honestly would give it about a 9, because I think that, like... That drag is not that substantial. Like right. you, you might not love all of lust, but you—I really like a lot of it. And the thing is, is like, 
I'm at the point where of the 14 tracks, I really, really like like 10 to 12, mm-hmm. like like full on could mm-hmm. listen almost any time to mm-hmm. them. And there's some others where I'm like, okay, like I enjoy it, but and it's good in the album. That's really that's a good percentage. Oh, like, ab- strong, oh absolutely, it is. And, and basically, my take on on the critical reception to this is, yeah, obviously it's going to be yeah. insanely positive. It's Kendrick Lamar. He's built up all that goodwill we talked about. He's a critical darling. I think he gets a one point Kendrick bump. That that's basically my take on it. Yeah, because like there are fewer people who are willing to step out. Yeah, absolutely. And like w- yeah. the thing is, is like whether someone is a critic and they think it's an eight or an eight five like you do, or they think it's a nine or better like I do, you're gonna you're gonna give it a bump regardless. You, it's, that's, it's, I think that's a good point. It's that syndrome that I had on Twitter on Friday. Even if you don't love it, you're afraid to speak up and you're be right. the one guy. And get absolutely flamed by everybody on the internet who yep. disagrees with you. You're just going to fall in line and be like, yeah, it's it's a nine. Sure. Because yeah. that's a safe score to give it. I think one of the things that I'm finding with this just more and more is I just really, really enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah it, absolutely. And with, with Butterfly, it was that way for a little bit. And then it was like, it's kind of a chore, even though it's great. Right. right it's right. a bit of a chore. And that's not happening to me with this. So here, and I don't know the answer to this yet. Um, it's going to be really interesting in six months' time when we're getting towards the end of the year. Is Damn still getting plays for me? I don't know yet. We'll see. That's going to be a big factor in determining, yeah. does my assessment of it go up a little bit? Um, where does it fall on my end of the year list? I, I really don't know yet. I, I'm really interested to see if I'm still listening. Because Pimple Butterfly, I wasn't listening by the end of the year. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. It does sound like it's grown on you. Oh, and absolutely. And I was really, like I said, I was afraid that I just wasn't going to like it that much. When I first listened, I I really like it now. I've come way around on it. I'm excited right. to listen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very good album. I think you've also always just kind of liked Kendrick a little bit more than I have too, and I think that plays out with the way that we're yeah. um, we're looking at these albums right now. Right. Uh, I I think it's the best rap album of the year so far. I don't think anything else is going to top it. Yeah. And again, I go back to the point where I I don't think I'm a good rap listener, and it's not my wheelhouse genre, and it's hard for me to love albums like that with the exception of some other ones on a on a massive massive scale like the father john misty's of the world are always going to be my album of the year right rather than a hip-hop album i'm willing to admit that and you need to take what i'm saying about this with a grain of salt because that's not how it is for other people how interesting is it that depending on how the year goes and how this album rises for you and for me and how father john misty plays out we could have the same one in two spots as we did um, <laughs> yeah. two years ago in the 2015 so, list. That could absolutely happen. Are you thinking that this could be your album of the year? Um, I really don't know, but I, I, because I'm not bothering with rating stuff yeah. yet. I do know that just gut check for me, it's way, way, way up okay. there. Okay. I just have for the me, feeling. I this probably won't be in my top ten. But really, yeah, it won't be in my top. 10. Interesting. Okay. Um, I wanted to also talk about the uh, the internet theories mm. going on for this that didn't come to fruition at all, but they were pretty interesting. And the idea was some some probably stoned redditor stumbled upon all this. So there's a few factors. The idea is that on Easter Sunday, Kendrick was purportedly going to release an album called Nation and the cover would be him standing in front of a blue brick wall where Dam is him standing in front of a red brick wall and the whole idea is 
the first song on Damn is called Blood, and there's the red is bloods, blue is crips mm-hmm. sort of dichotomy. The M in Damn looks like devil horns on Kendrick's yes. head. Um, the Good Friday that this was released on versus Easter um, uh, for Damn for Nation, and then Soundwave, this like producer on this album, released. He tweeted out. When this album was leaked, he was like, what if I told you this wasn't the official version? He tweeted right. a picture of that dude from The Matrix. One other thing this guy pulled on is from The Heart Part 4. There's a lyric where... I got two versions or whatever. He's like, drop one... Uh, he's like, right back, drop one classic, right back. Like yeah, He's like, Come, yeah. drop another classic. Yep. And then he also says TOC, and people were like, TOC, the other color. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red and blue. Yeah. And they were like, and there were all these fake... Um, iTunes things that were going around on the internet of, like, I got Nation. And, like, there were people <laughs> right. tweeting out, like, pictures of their iTunes, quote-unquote. And it was, like, right next to Dam was Kendrick Lamar Nation. And it was... Right. And the other part is he changed his profile picture on Spotify to him yes. in front of a blue a wall. Blue, yeah, that's right. And other pe- another part of the Here's, fact was he gets killed at the end or whatever. There's the right. gunshots and it all reverses. That's right. Was it going to be the light to the dark? Here's the thing. All of this evidence still adds up I think we still might get a new Kendrick album. That's the thing. We could. Just because we didn't get it on Easter Sunday and doing the three days Rise from the Dead thing doesn't mean we're not going to get it. Right. Like, honestly, I love Reddit theories like this. I love internet conspiracy theories like this. I I think we still might get another album before the year's out on this. I, I, I really wouldn't be surprised. Um. Yeah, it, it could be. Out of 10, how stoned was that dude? Nine point one. Yeah, he best best new stone. Best new music for that guy. Best new stone. Just yeah. under what Dam got. Yeah. I was really excited. I was and and it's funny that in this this will point out how bad a rap listener I probably am. My frame of reference is like, oh, this is like hypnotized and mesmerized by System of a Down, dude. Uh, okay, <laughs> my frame of reference was Sweatsuit by Nelly. Okay, did he <laughs> so do that? Least, yeah, he had he had like one that was rap songs, the other was more R and B focused. Sweat and suit, sweatsuit. Right, so. and then you got um, Uno Dos and Trey. That's right, by Green Day. That's too much Green Day at one time. I didn't listen to any. Oh, of I those didn't either. Albums. I didn't either. But that's... out of the Trey, I didn't even listen to Uno. <laughs> not not one because I wasn't interested. I yeah, I wasn't either. That, I, was, I wasn't either. That's a whole tangent. Uh, but. Okay, let, let, maybe we wrap it up. What are your favorite tracks on this album? Give me your top three. Don't give me like a Jake yeah. answer where you give 10 out of the 14 I s- songs. I want to clarify something that I realized happened with the Father John pod, by the way. Because I, I forgot to say what I was doing. I actually had like a ranking. And I was oh, okay, reading my okay. ranking. Okay. And I forgot to ever say that's what I was doing. And I was like, oh, Sean thinks I just t- said that 10 songs are my favorite songs. <laughs> I was like vaguely ranking it. Um, okay, three um, top three favorites on this. What, you give, what do you, you have yours off the top. Of your I head? do. Okay. I do. My three favorites on this are "Humble" number one. I think "Humble" is far and away the best song in this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is gonna be maybe looked at as one of the best Kendrick songs ever. Yeah, "Humble" is my number one. Uh, number two is "Fear." A close number two actually is "Fear." Okay, uh, I love that song. All the different parts to it. The fact that he is talking about. What scared him at the age of 7, 17, and 27 is amazing to me. That feels a lot like Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick, but with like this new damn twist on it all. Love that song. Has some Pimpa Butterfly vocals in it. Absolutely, yep. Fear, I think, is Kendrick, like peak Kendrick, where you're seeing all the different 
parts of him yeah. wrapped up into one. Uh, and I'm going Duckworth, number three. Okay. I, storytelling Kendrick is one of my all-time favorite versions of him. That story is amazing. His flow is amazing. I listen to that song and just... And like, holy shit, he was very close to not giving us this album mm-hmm. and all the things that go along with that. Duckworth is is my number three. What do you got? That's a super cool song. And just quick note, I love that his dad's nickname was Ducky. <laughs> yes. That's an yeah. awesome nickname. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I Go Humble is probably number one. And it's interesting. It's having the effect where like, I know it's on the album and I've heard it in the context of the album a million times. It's so, it doesn't even like kind of resonate as part of it. Like, I'll be looking at the track list. I'm like, what's my favorite song on this? And I kind of discount it. Mm. I'm almost like, oh, yeah, shit, Humble's on this. When it comes on every time, too, with that like yeah, yeah. crazy yeah. piano, I get up every time and I'm just like, yes, like this, this fucking song. It's awesome. I think I go Humble, uh, God. Is God. Up there for me. Oh, okay. Yep. I think that, cor- like, the, the chorus he's doing there is so catchy. The, um, uh, Something, 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 ah, like that yes. whole thing he's yeah, doing yeah, is yeah, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is uh, maybe it won't surprise you, and this is probably not a popular pick. I'm going, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, is in my top three, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love the flow on that, and I love just like the way his voice sounds in it. And like, I don't know, it just has like this cool, syrupy, mm-hmm. psychedelic almost feel to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really welcome after DNA because DNA is non stop, non stop, non stop, yep. Um, I think some people think DNA is the best song on the album. I, I would, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, it, it it's has, it's up there for me. It's certainly yeah. up there. That's uh, the thing for me is like, there's. I ask me next week, I probably would have a different top three. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to sign off on the podcast before I give a big shout out to Love featuring Zachary. Dude, this is a straight up pop song in the mold of th- this is as close to Drake as Kendrick gets. This feels to me like any one of the Drake and Party Next Door collaborations, yeah. except better. Um, I really, really like Love featuring Zachary. I considered putting that in my top three. Yeah. I yeah. love that That's song. right there for me. That's right there. And like that's where, like, just a quick point, where I was looking at the Needle Drops review, that was his least favorite song, and I was like, really? okay, I know uh, your angle, dude. Like, he loved Butterfly so much, right. he's like, I'm lashing out against the pop side right. of Kendrick. Right, right, I was right. like, alright, man, like, I get it. I think Love could end up being, like, a, a hit. Way more so than Loyalty. Cool. Oh yeah, it's better song than yeah, loyalty. Yeah. It's more memorable, and like yeah. the stuff he's doing is more interesting on there. Yeah. So um, yeah. So for me, final take. Really, really good album, uh, and I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm really enjoying this. I'm glad I've come around on it as much as I have. I've been really enjoying it too. Um, what do you think of it, listeners? Yeah. Let us know what you think. Your reactions to it, and uh, we'll see you next week. What happens on Earth stays on Earth. Officially. Okay. April 18th. Earth is no more. Won't you burn this motherfucker? Rapture. Um. Yeah, man. Big happenings. We just, I think we just did a lot of pre-show. We that did. can't be pre-show. Pre-com. Um, yeah. yeah, we, uh, we did. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting when people are all out of this house. That's right. It's gonna Moving be- out. 
Moving on up. I'm moving out. Bum, 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 Anthony's song. Bum, yeah, Anthony's song, moving out. Sean's song. Sean's song, moving out. That's right. Um, good song. I think that's my favorite yeah. Billy Joel tune. Really? Yeah. Mine's Piano Man. I think Piano Man is good. I really like it. I've heard it too many times on the radio. I also really like Uptown Girl. I always forget that's him. Yeah. It, for some reason, strikes me as a Roy Orbison song, even though I know it just reminds me. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> or like, or like, uh, what, like a Frankie Valley song or something. I get, yeah. Uptown Girl. Yes, Frankie Valley's pretty accurate. That's more accurate than, than I, yeah, Roy I really Orbison. like that. I really like uh, Still Rock and Roll to Me. Yep. That's a yep. good one. Yeah. I learned that one with the uh, group of people I played music with oh. at Snoo for a period. Nice. So you nice. know, just Billy Joel though is one of those guys who I I know the hits. I know a lot of the hits. My dad really likes Billy Joel. That's about all I know. I've never done a Billy Joel deep dive. No, I, he was. And inter- I don't really have an interest. No, he was a big time critical. Like they, he was shit, right. on, shit on by critics. Right. right he was right. one of those guys, which is weird because he had a lot of great songs. Yeah. Who do you like better, Elton or Billy Joel? I actually like Billy Joel better. I like Elton better. Yeah. So. Again, Elton is even more so, like, I know the hits, I guess. Um, definitely don't really know much beyond that. I like Elton's just, like, style of songwriting better than yeah. Billy Joel. Billy Joel has some amazingly catchy songs. My mom, weirdly, of all the artists in the world, the one she, like, will say she doesn't like for some reason is Billy Joel. Really? I really don't know why. Huh. It's like that and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. The only song she says she likes by Zeppelin is Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Which is, like, not really what Zeppelin was all about, That's why she likes it. Yeah. 100%. That was, fun fact, that was the B-side to Immigrant Song. Okay. Which charted, I think. Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Yeah, I think so. I th- they were smart to do a song like that, I think, because it, um, yeah, it, like, th- doesn't sound like Zeppelin. Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't. It does not. It, well, I mean, it does in the way that, like, a, it's them. The, the acoustic... You know, they did acoustic shit on Zeppelin. It's like 3 super poppy. It, it, it has a catchy, yeah. right. like, hooky chorus. Right, right. And it sounds like something another band of the era could have done. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. With that, like, riff. Jing, 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 jing. Yeah, it sounds like a fucking, oh, like, uh, like a Jake Dials band song yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like Centerfold. That. Yeah. So, how do you want to do When we jump in, do you want. Um, See, this is a little behind-the-curtain stuff right now. Yeah, you know. This is big for the listeners. Wow. I can just run through these initial takes. I have a lot of bullets, but I can try to get through it quick. Yeah, that's yeah. And then you can give fine. yours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, That works. That works. And then we'll move on to these next bullets. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. You ready? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we got all the pressure off with Father Oh, God. I know. I feel much... I, I just feel like there's less... And we'll kind of talk about this. I just feel like there's less pressure with this Kendrick album... Than other ones, for a few reasons I think yeah. that we'll discuss. Yeah. yeah, like one is that it's not like this huge sweeping concept, right? Which is, we'll get into it, right? Right. Um, Won't you burn this motherfucker? My cousin Carl Duckworth said, "No, you worth." Let's grab a swig of this water. Oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> that's that's some behind the curtain there for the listeners. Yeah, it is. Wow, no one's listening to this. Wow, big planning sesh. <laughs> Pretty cool <Yeah. laughs> for our fucking eight fans. He's asking, "Oh, I'm gonna read my bullets." <laughs> cool. It's not even interesting. <laughs> no, no. It's just audio of us talking and shooting the shit. Stupid. Like, dude, if I, honestly, like, who's wasting their time with this right now? <laughs> I don't know. Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna dive in. We're gonna dive in. All right, All right ready? Let's do it. <clears throat> 
Three, two, one.